What, with the username? Yeah, I don't even know what wow. happened. Like, Skype weird. completely uninstalled itself from my machine. Hmm. And it's weird because of how aggressively Skype has integrated itself into Windows now because it's owned by Microsoft. Hmm. And it just showed me, like, you know, the little broken image thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all it gave me. What the hell? Anyway, hi. I feel like it would mess up more on mine, though, because I'm using a Mac. You would think like, that. not Windows. That doesn't make sense. That's weird. Nah, it doesn't. I don't know. Huh. But what's even more strange is, like, it, it's not linked to any of my email addresses. It's only linked to my username. So I don't even hmm. know how I would have signed up for Skype in the first place, you know, without any type of, like, uh, Can you add association. something to it? Yeah. I mean, I would think, so right? So that, like, next time, like, you can log in with your email or something if you need to? Oh, yeah. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to work on all that. Okay, but it's that's a, good. It's a whole thing, man. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense <laughs> that it would just, like, go, hey, you know, that thing that you've been using that you never update and never mess with unless you're pushing the call button, that doesn't right. work anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get the same thing with like certain uh um like logins that are on my computer or whatever. I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait. What was this? Cuz I don't I don't use this thing a lot or whatever." Yeah. So, anyway, for all the users and everything. Yeah. So, what's going on with you? <laughs> Not that much. There is uh unfortunately still a plethora of things happening in this world. Did you hear about Chuck Woolery? So, I don't really know who that is. So, Chuck Woolery used to be the host of a lot of different game shows. Like, he was kind of the substitute game show host when game show hosts would take time off, right? Gotcha. But his primary yeah. source of, of, you know, so-called fame was that he, he hosted the dating game, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, he was the guy that was like, we'll be back in two and two, and just like real smarmy looking but cool, you know? Yeah, I kind of recognized him when you sent the picture, but I still didn't really know who he was. Yeah, yeah. So link. Yeah, he's, he's not really relevant and hasn't been for a long time. He's like the, the bizarro version of Alex Trebek, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, I want to preface this with I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. But, right. but... It's incredibly ironic that it happened to his family. And for those that don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. So the whole thing with, um, you know, the COVID deniers and that sort of thing, he's very outspoken about that. He's gone on record on Twitter saying things like, you know, everyone is lying to you, your doctors, uh, mainstream media, the Democrats. Like scientists. Yeah, scientists. yeah, like everyone's lying. It's all some big plot. To get Which is, like, such a weird take. I understand people that are like, we have to reopen the economy anyway. We have to do that. Like, I understand people that are making those arguments because they're like, we have to keep moving forward. Like, they're losing it. Like, I get it. Like, this sucks. But I don't understand the, like, massive conspiracy thing. I yeah. I, I, I rarely understand any conspiracy because i'm like you guys know how hard it is to like keep secrets that's why we keep finding out the dumb shit that trump's administration does yeah because like it's not easy to keep a secret it's impossible to keep everybody on the same page and to get them to just rally behind a cause that they know is going to result in possibly their death and the death of you know 
their friends and family. I don't right. know. Like, what's if if this is a big conspiracy? If we're agreeing that all of a sudden, hey, you know what, guys, you're you're totally one hundred percent right. This was all just some made up thing by the media. Then right. what are we blaming all these additional deaths on? Yeah, like <laughs> like all pneumonia. Like there's a there's a spike in pneumonia death deaths or whatever. Like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I, I'm it, it I'm doesn't. a little curious to hear like what their explanation is once they come down off the rhetoric of oh you know it's it's just they're trying to control you and they're your your face mask I don't is a think muzzle. They believe I don't think they believe that there are deaths. Right? Like, that's what you would have to do. You would have to have the cognitive dissonance to be like, that, that's not even real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that would have to be the case. And I, I get that they feel like the numbers are inflated, but when they see footage of hospitals overflowing and when they talk to medical professionals that they know, if they know any, who are telling them firsthand knowledge of what's going on, or, you know, even more. You know, I, I had a friend that I, I speak to on... uh on Twitter, I'm not going to name her because I don't want to embarrass her, but right. like she was saying her mom is a denier. And I told her, like, look, you can put me on the phone with your mom and I'll tell her verbatim every single detail of what I went through, the right. testing, how awful it felt, how I've never been sicker in my life. And she was like, she still won't believe you. And I'm like, I'm, right. I'm just one human being telling another human being that I went through it. I don't know what else to do here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I because, part of the plot now? Am I am I in on it? Yeah, I mean, it's just I I don't I don't know. I it's it's horrifying to see like like I said, I understand we have like weird reactions to things because like we've talked about numerous times before like none of this is normal. Yeah. Like like everyone's losing it a little bit in certain ways, but like the fact that the people who are losing it in this particular way, they've been losing it in in a lot like a lot of conspiracy bullshit stuff for a while. True. So it makes sense that they'd go down that path, but good lord, like it's amazing in a bad it's horrifying to see them go down this path when so much is at stake. Like we could be way past this shit by now. Right. If we had like mask mandates and did like four weeks at home like we were originally supposed to do, where everyone actually went into lockdown, because that's the problem. Everyone had different rules. Right. We still all have different rules now. Yeah, and now we've we've had changes in in local government around the country, and right. so mandates that were in place are now lifted. Right. You know, which like lifting man- the, some of these mandates and reopening stuff would might not have been as big of a problem as it is. Like we all know, we can't stay closed forever. No one wants that either. Like, if we just would have been smart about it and basically done what Italy did and go in full lockdown for four weeks or whatever, we would. And then when we come out, we mandate masks and provide masks to people. We would be in much better shape. Pauline sent me a video of just two <laughs> surfer dudes in Huntington Beach. And, I, and I'm sure mm-hmm. this is their gimmick, but their their whole thing was is that they were going around. Um, on the beachfront trying to give people free masks, yeah. not trying to enforce any type of like, you know, thought on them, not saying, hey, you guys are dumb or calling them out or anything right. like that. It's just they would see somebody without a mask and they'd say, hey, man, do you want a free mask? And it was like shrink wrapped and they just had a box 
Yeah. <laughs> said free masks. And people got angry. Like, yeah, oh, do you do? Do. Oh, yeah. you're a tool of the government. And how, you know, this is a big, big mask is taking over. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I, I really don't know what to do about people who don't care about other people. Like, I can't wrap my brain around it. It, it really is like painful to me on another level. Cause I never thought that people were, I always thought that most people were good. And now I'm like, ugh. I, I don't so even, many aren't. Yeah. I, I'm still at the point where I just feel like people are, people are mostly good, but the kind of good that they subscribe to. Well, we also, we always are going to see the worst, like, like, cause they're going to be the loudest. The assholes yeah. are going to be the loudest because they want to be. And in this case, it's even more dangerous because the louder right. they are, the more like fucking spit yeah. they spread everywhere. Yeah. But the dumbass of the day award, the dumbass yeah. of the day award doesn't go to Trump. It should. It usually does. But today it goes to his press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, who has way too many vowels in her name. Yeah. Um, who cares? <laughs> she fucking did a, did a, did a, a, a press conference at the podium and everything like that. She goes, science should not stand in the way of children going back to school. Yeah. So we just go and say, fuck it, let them kids die. I mean, I, I know. I mean, the, the big thing is, like, they're doing it for, for the economy. That's that's the whole thing. Because right. they know that parents can't go back to work because they need their kids in school to be able to go back to work. It's, so it's like. Yeah. It's like everything is like has to go back to normal, and it's like, but it doesn't mean it's safe. It's the last bastion. It's it's the last gate that they have to cross before getting to the economy being open again. Because if you can't get those kids in school, then you can't get the parents back to work. Because parents actually do care about their kids the majority of the time, you know, uh, yeah. and and would sacrifice for them. But if it's, you know, someone outside the house, as we've seen, that's that's questionable. That rarely yeah. happens. So. And and what's going to happen is the parents who can afford to, which are mostly going to be more white, uh, affluent parents, um, are going to keep their kids home. And lower income and minority kids are going to suffer more. Yeah. They're because gonna... they're going to go in and they're going to be the ones that get sick or bring it home. Um, the same with teachers, like the, you know, teachers who can't, like who, who don't have a choice, they have to go back. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to get sick. Like it, it's just, it's, it's awful. It is. It is. And I mean, you know, that's, that's the other thing. You just hit the nail on the head too. Teachers get sick. There's already not enough teachers to cover a lot of these classrooms. Oh yeah. Like so, they're overloaded. Yeah. It's, it's going to be strained just beyond just, you know, control at that point. I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, there's so much shit I think that can that go they're wrong. Gonna, some, I think in some areas they're going to reopen. Um, I know here, like, come August, they're going to reopen mm -hmm. sort of thing. And uh, they're just going to be, like, so many kids and people getting sick that mm -hmm. they're going to have to close them back down. I saw today another thing that people haven't taken into consideration. Like, aluminum cans, there's a shortage of those. So, really? Yeah, because people oh, are drinking soft drinks and, and sparkling water and stuff like that at home versus oh, going to yeah. restaurants. So 
we're seeing a lot more usage. And plus, you know, with the plants shutting down for the period of time that they yeah, did. That's that's good that they're recyclable, though, at least not plastic. <laughs> that's true. Like, you know, it's a little better. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, they had to shut down the plants. Yeah. Actually, you know, just kind of off subject, but on topic, there's a uh, there's a little bit of plastic in aluminum, in aluminum cans. Like there's a plastic almost baggy within oh, no. the can. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't affect recycling, and it's never been an issue. Okay. But, yeah, it's just like, oh, that's a fun fact. Yeah, there's like a little oh, okay. plastic barrier. it's still recyclable. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that melts cause, down. Yeah, because I'm like, I drink sparkling waters mm-hmm. a lot. I don't drink, I'm not a soda person really anymore. I, I mostly just drink coffee, water, and then like the sparkling waters that I like. Good stuff. But I, I, I recycle like all the cans so that kind of is like my way of being like it's okay that i'm i'm using a disposable thing like mm-hmm. a can uh because i was like well cans are recyclable like i shouldn't feel as bad about this should i <laughs> so you're like there's plastic and i'm like what <laughs> like, i know no. they can still break it down and reuse it then i feel okay yeah 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 no that's that's not affecting that at all um, never my, go in the trash, always go in the recycling bin. So That's right. My granddaddy, one of his hobbies after he retired, used to be just like going around the neighborhood and just mm-hmm. uh, rooting through and collecting the uh, aluminum cans. Because this is like mm-hmm. when I was real little before they had like blue trash bins and everything for yeah. recycling, he would just go around the neighborhood, get them himself, and he would turn them in to the recycling plant mm-hmm. and then just like donate that money to the church or something like that. He was a good dude. Yeah, they used to do that. I don't know if they still do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that sucks. Yep. We're going to be living on the bottle cap system soon anyway. It's like Fallout. It'll be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know, the cans are still labeled with, uh, like, I actually have a can right now and it says 10 cents, I think, or something like that. Oh, neat. Yeah. And I think, But it's only in certain states. Once uh once Six Flags reopens, you can use those Coca Cola cans to get a discount on your admission. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. so still still I'm making sure a profit. All, I don't think there's a Six Flags in Florida, but if there is, I'm sure it's open. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Everything's Shoot. open. Man, Disney. Um, what was it? Hong Kong closed again. Yeah, I saw a video of Disney here, and they it looked like they were doing a good job keeping people distant and yeah. like. Actually, I mean, it's, you know, keeping it outdoors and good. I don't know. I'm not going. No, me neither. One of my, one of my friends. Like, uh, I, I, once again, I'm like, I, I like everyone's like so angry and I understand, but I also understand there are a lot of jobs connected to it. So like, I, I understand when you're not being a fucking nut job, the other side of the argument of like, we can't stay closed forever. My whole thing is like, wouldn't that mean you'd want masks and like, proper social distancing and all of this stuff more like you'd want to listen to science more because that makes it easier for you to reopen safely you know i used to think that the type of people that made enough money you know who aren't florida residents obviously because you guys get a nice little discount and everything but the type of people that you know get to travel from around the world to go to disney world and spend all this exorbitant amount of money to go and stay in the hotels and stuff they had to be a little bit more intelligent they had to be like a a, a higher tier of brain matter in yeah. order to afford to go to these places no no just you know no that's the shit that rich people come up with 
to make you think <laughs> that they deserve it more. Oh man, yeah, I guess. I saw luck of the draw. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, I, I sent you this picture, but it was like a frog with a guillotine, and it was like <laughs> chippity choppity or whatever. God damn it! Like it was so funny. <laughs> Oh fuck, man! I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. That's 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 our COVID update for this week. Um, yeah. V's feeling better. That's good news. Good. Yeah, she's like ninety percent voice back. So how many weeks has it been? It has been since the last it's week been of April. Two months. So I haven't right? even. Yeah, we, yeah. we stopped counting after a while. But yeah, it's it's been three months. Yeah, yeah. coming up. Yeah, I. That's what I was thinking. Somewhere in the the April range, but. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, just 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 a good enough window for both of us to be sick in time for, you know, our anniversary and her birthday and <laughs> yeah, any I know. any nice you know kicking off Your summer birthday. holidays. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is you know smallest violin in the world and everything, but we're we're better. That's what matters. We're doing. Oh, better. I mean, we can acknowledge that, like the world is terrible, but also go. God damn it, I'm missing out on this one thing. Like. <laughs> Like, I'm, yeah, we've talked about this before. I'm like, my life is completely off the rails because of this. And, and like, I'm like, I don't know when it's going to come back. So I'm just kind of like, every day, what's, what's it going to be? What's the thing going to, that's going to set me off? Yep. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. Yeah. But, you know. Shit happens. Shit happens. I really like these random what are you things on Instagram that's been going around. Please explain. This is the silliness that um, is the only thing bringing me joy right now. Uh, and it's the, like, so I don't know how it started. I know the first one that I saw was, what frog are you? So someone <laughs> had shared it. And it was, it's your name. And, like, you go oh. to, Yeah. So, like, you go to the page, and you can send them a message of your name. But, like, I've just gone to the page and found my name or a variation of my name. Like, so, like, Alexis, Lex, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the only two I go by. So, Alexis or Lex. Mostly I've found Alexis. And it's, like, a random picture of a frog. Or one of them was, like, a golden retriever. Or something like that. So, <laughs> like... It's so stupid. It's so dumb. I acknowledge that it's dumb. I didn't know what you were talking about at first, but I I now know because yeah. I got um there I got one that sent was like one. a cute little cow, and it was like Alexis, and it was the cow, and it made me so happy. It was the I was like, this is <laughs> like, why is this making me happy? It's because quarantine has driven me mad, but like I enjoyed it. So yeah, that's what matters. That's totally yeah. what matters. Um, Denise, uh, sent me one of, um, <laughs> what Simpson are you? And mm -hmm. for some reason I was Lionel Hutz combing his hair with the fork. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's weird. And then sometimes you're like, oh my God, why is that so accurate? That's yeah. very strange. Well, here's the funny part. It was weird because I literally had my Afro pick in my hair when she sent it to me. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Are you I watching mean, me? Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's so, it, I don't know why. They're they're really weird and funny. Uh, so those have been going around 
lately, and I've seen a couple of them that I've liked, and then people yeah. have tagged me in them. So send well, me those, unless yes. they're disturbing in any way, because I have seen some people sharing like disturbing ones. Mm. Uh, I, there's one of them that's like, what disturbing image are you? Like, I think it's literally that's the name of it. And I, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> no, no, not that. No, no. Not when it's like gross stuff or, or whatever. I'm like, mm, no. But <laughs> if it's funny or cute, I'm like, cool. Cool. <laughs> so let, allow me to share three things with you that have uh, encouraged me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is that Kill Bill still holds up in the best Does possible it? way. That's good. Yeah. Is cool. yeah there's been girl. talk. Yeah, there's been talk actually this week. Uh, they asked Vivica Fox in an interview who she wanted to play her daughter in a possible follow up. And she said she wanted Zendaya to do it. And I think that's like mm-hmm. perfect casting. Cause Holy she, shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's the right age. She looks kind of like that little girl. Totally would work. Totally would work. Yes. So absolutely. watching Kill Bill. And seeing um, a couple of uh, Bruce Lee documentaries in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks, too, that we've been watching, it inspired us, actually, to go and check out um, some of the Bruce Lee films. Because I've seen Enter the Dragon, but I haven't seen any of the other ones, like, all the way through. Yeah, same. It's All all of his films, for me, have been bits and pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just because they always kind of come on, like, you know, basic TV, and it's always in the middle I, I know how you feel, but we ended up getting um, like a Criterion collection of, of five of his films, and I'm excited to get started on that. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of like the one-two punch. Yeah. The second thing, which mm-hmm. is actually much more important, and I, I'm going to let you drive how much we talk about this. You've made significant progress in your book goal, and I'm proud of you. Oh yeah. Just that uh, I've just finished my final draft. That's like ready for if I can if I can get it published. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, sending it's, it out to peoples and stuff. So yeah, positive vibes and all that. That's big, dude. That's big. Yeah, proud of you. So yeah. there's that. Um, it I helps had a... to be in uh, in quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I forgot what my third thing was, so I'm just gonna make it up on the fly. I, Peacock came out. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna, I, I like, I was gonna say people should watch the movie Palm Springs on oh, uh, Hulu. Yeah, yeah, that movie is really, really good. And I hate the Groundhog Day style movies where like they repeat something. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved that movie. Like it was hilarious and romantic, and it was just really good. And it, it fits quarantine. When you see it, you'll understand. Like, it's just, it's really good. Okay. Sign up for the free trial or something if you don't have Hulu, because it's worth it just to watch that movie. Oh, a movie that, um, sorry, I didn't mean to like just jump no, out. You're oh, good. yeah, but I, I do want to check that out. And there's a movie that we watched yesterday, actually, which is Fast Color. And a lot no, of folks have recommended that one to me. It's, it's about, um, three generations of black women that have these remarkable superpowers. Ooh, and what's that on? It is on Prime. Okay, cool. Yeah, like you can you can get anywhere, but it's on Prime for free. So cool. Yeah, go that route. Um, but it's it's really it's uh, to me it set such an interesting world in motion. 
I really hope they do something more with it because it it just made me intrigued to see where they go next. Hmm, so that's yeah, it's called Fast Color, and I think it came out in like 2018. But yeah, every now and then people would tell me about it, and they're like, "You should check this out. It's really good. If you like Unbreakable, I think you'll like this." I'm like, "Oh, that's an interesting pull." But yeah, I do like Unbreakable. That that is a a really good like. Oh, okay. Because right. <laughs> I like Unbreakable a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would totally recommend it to you. I think you'll dig it. So. Okay. I yeah. did, I actually just went on and added it, so I wouldn't forget. Cool. That's officially my third thing then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just been whatever. Like, I've been working on this stuff. Now I'm I'm. So like, I still have stuff to do with my book, but like, mm-hmm. I finished that. And uh, I'm a little bit freaked out by not having the thing mm. to do. Um, I, I mean, I have classwork and stuff like that, but I don't know. And, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So I'm kind of in an in-between. So it's like you finish the marathon. But now you're like, well, I don't, what am I going to do? So I feel <laughs> kind of, I feel kind of weird about that. Yeah. But I'll get into something eventually. I'm also like not prepared to leave that like world that I've created and characters and stuff. So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird emo. It's been a weird day for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a very, like, I, I'm sure everyone can hear it, but like, it's just, I'm in a weird place right now on like both that professional and personal level. Just, it's very strange for me right now. So what you're describing isn't completely unique. Uh, in, in as much as I've, I've heard creatives, speak like this before and listening to yeah. the listening to the Jim Henson um autobiography or not autobiography but the Jim Henson biography on audiobook has actually opened my eyes to a lot of that too it it's like mourning a project when it's done yeah. because it's it's like it was a part of your life for so long it's a lot like losing a loved one yeah and as much as yeah you're just not going to be able to say hi to it every day and stuff like that but it, it if anything, um, knowing that you are a creative, you're going to find something to dive into fairly quickly. Yeah, I will. But then there's also like, I still like, I, it's not completely done because it's not like it's published and out there. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's still, it's just an in between. But yeah, I mean, I will find something. I've always been really good at writing, but really bad at editing. So that is one thing that I'm particularly proud of that this was, this was for, you know, like four drafts before I got to my final draft mm-hmm. and that I, I stuck with it and got through it and basically got it to the point where I just need an editor now who can like be the asshole that I fight with <laughs> over it, like the professional editor, yeah. um, you know, that we can fight about the Oxford comma and stuff like that. But like, you know, yeah, it's I don't know, it's hard. I I have had some people question or send me questions or or just comments on like Instagram or something because I I post about my writing like a daily post or whatever, especially in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Before that not as much because, you know, life was life. But um you know, being like I need to do this or that like for is writing is concerned or editing or whatever, it's like you just do it like you never, you, you rarely want to do it. The times that I've wanted to do it have been in quarantine like this because mm. I'm just trying to like stay sane and have ritual. But like, you're, 
you just have to be consistent. That's the only thing you have to do. It's not a secret. Like, if you want to be a writer, congrats, you're a writer right now. Go write. Like, there's no, there's no game to it. Like, there's no, you have to do this to, like, people that do that drive me nuts. And I say that as a person who used to be a real asshole about things where it's like, you're not a writer unless you do that. No, just shut up. Like, <laughs> just sit down and write. And, like, that's all it takes. Just do it. Like, like a Nike ad. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's the big thing to me, though. Like, consistency. Just doing the, like, doing the thing every day. Or, you know, however many days a week you can manage. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no secret formula. Like, for everybody. Just universal, you know? No, it's true. But it does help to hear like what works for you because at least that's like a springboard for someone that's looking for a way to get started. You know, that's, that's, well, I think that the, there is a universal in that you have to do the thing. The variations are, that's the, one of the, like the variations are how much time you set aside or what's your goal for the day. Like, is it 500 words? Is it like, I just want to write like for 15 minutes and then that's it. Like, Set a small goal at first that you can hit. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But, like, you have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you sit down and get nothing out, you have to do it. It's a lot uh, like reading, almost, yeah. you know? It's it's like you, you – a lot of people strive to become better readers. And I know that people have found great success using uh, that website, Goodreads, because it, it makes yeah. you accountable. Yeah. So you set a goal of how many books you want to read in a year – and you get to share that info with your friends and review those books and that sort of thing. It was actually a very useful tool for me um, last year when I wanted to read 50 books and I managed to actually mm-hmm. get it done. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're trying to find whatever it is it's gonna it's gonna take to kind of just like kick you in the ass to get you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of trial and error, but don't get discouraged. Obviously, you know, just keep doing it. And I mean, you're proof positive. You stuck to it. And you're done. Mm, yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's just, it's weird to think of being done. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not done, it is done. And it's like, oh, I don't like that. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, you want it to be done. But then, it, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess the thing that most of our listeners would understand comparing it to, it's like a video game. You know, you're near the end. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to finish this. I'm finally going to finish it. And then you're done. And you just kind of have that, like, I don't, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, what do I do? This is the thing that I've been doing. It's like that, but it was a year. (laughs) (laughs) I I am curious if you find yourself ready to talk about it. Um, You know, when people do read it and everything like that, you're going to have to revisit the characters and the story. Yeah. Yeah, like if it, you know, if I get it published and stuff, then I will definitely talk in, I guess, in more detail about it. But sure. right now it's still like I'm trying to sell it and stuff like that. So it's a different, different sort of ball game, mostly vague about it. Hmm. What about short stories? You ever think of maybe dipping your toe in that? Yeah, I've done it a few times. The problem is I usually just, I get, it becomes bigger than the short story. So every time I try, just it, it fleshes out into something bigger and then I don't want to just make it a short story. So you Stephen King it. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the intro of the majority of his novels. It's just like, yeah, this started as a three-page story, mm-hmm. and then I felt like going back, and now it's 500. Just, oh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I've always <laughs> been the overwriting person, for sure. Like, always. Mm. Written way more than I should. That is an admirable trait to have. Yeah. Yeah. So I sell it. Sometimes it can if you if you're if it's too big, there you're gonna have a hard time selling a book. Is that a fact? Yes, absolutely. Unless you're going into the fantasy genre, you can't go over like 120,000 words. You're gonna have a real tough time. Huh? Interesting. And I'm at like 108. (laughs) I don't I don't know why I'm so surprised that this is the you know a, a tried and true measurement because you know people have been doing this for ages. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just the average like... is about eighty, uh, eighty to hundred. I think is what okay. it like. It is for like your seven, maybe even seventy for like your average bestseller. Like, pick up a book. Um, fantasy and science fiction are obviously like you know those books can be massive, just a different type of genre. But yeah, yeah, literary I, I... fiction is. I am curious about the um, what it takes to sell like fantasy stories, where you know it's going to be several volumes, because you know sometimes you'll see a, a brand new fantasy book come out, and it's like yeah. this is chapter one of the Valerian saga, and I hope that's not a real thing because I'm not trying to shame anyone. But I'm sure it probably is, but <laughs> yeah, it's just a very lofty thing to put on a book. Like I can't imagine publishing a story and being like, yeah, this is the first book in the saga of the winterborn child or something like that. Yeah, um, then imagine it doesn't sell. Right. You, you don't yeah. get to publish the rest of them. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you're going on this book tour, nobody. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, dude, this is not a saga. This is a one and done, and goodbye. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, write, I write more literary fiction, contemporary fiction. So, yeah. like, you know, that uh, the book club type of, of book, I, I haven't written fantasy, science fiction, things like that, genre stories, because I like them. And it sounds weird because you guys would probably think that'd be like my jam or whatever, because I, I like this nerdy stuff. But it's not the stuff that calls to me. Like the the stuff that, that really ends up coming out in my stories is like um, relationships and, you know, the complexities of... Uh, just people and how we interact with each other. So sometimes that you can put that in fantasy. Obviously, some of the best fantasy has that. But like, I don't like getting caught up in the world building of that. The the <laughs> thing that people love, the their favorite part of that, like you know, the like building. Uh, uh, um, what's it called? <sighs> Westeros and all of that. Like like oh, this is and I I, I admire the hell out of that. But I don't want to get into that. Yeah. That's that seems like a lot for me. <laughs> I'm not saying I never will, but like I, I care more about the story and how the people interact and everything like that. Like the, it's more character driven for me. So I, it's never been my like writing jam, so to speak. I appreciate that because I've noticed being in book club and and reading so much sci-fi over the past couple of years now. There are a lot of themes that are revisited across mm-hmm. the board 
And it's it's hard not to think that it's because these authors are reading each other's work. Yeah. That they're like, oh, I can do that better, and then they do. You know. Right. I mean, we know that Twilight is basically. I'm sorry, not Twilight. Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction. It's Twilight, yeah, yeah. Whereas Twilight is fan fiction of every other vampire story ever told. So yeah, it's like, how deep does the rabbit hole go? It does, and there's like, or it is, and there's a place for that too. Um, I mean, that was those were both bestsellers. So like, you know. You like we make fun of like people can make fun of this shit, but like it appealed to someone, so that's good for them, like for the it, writer. Yeah, it struck a chord, and that's just it too. Right. It's like I, I'm not really shaming the content of the book. I mean, there's hundreds yeah, of other people that can do that, but it's it's more just like from a, from a creator standpoint. Like, where do you feel like you're borrowing too much from another story or in that genre do you feel like you're just painting by numbers you know that's where i'm coming from it depends i mean i understand that fan fiction is a thing um i've never done like really done that and participated in that other than playing around writing like i think i tried to write a superman comic one time or something in high school just to try to learn the comic book format yeah um but i i was never into fan fiction um, mm-hmm. because I just wanted to like create my own shit. I didn't, I, it just wasn't my thing. Um, when, when you're selling it and it's, it feels like fan fiction, which is not a lot of writers, I will preface and say that then it feels kind of like, mm, but people can like, they can sense that usually like, yeah. you, you know, you bring up 50 shades of gray being a copy of this other thing, but like, that's very rare. Usually people are like, fuck this. This is a copy of this thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, for me, that's not really something that intrigues me. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I know that there are lots of writers out there that they were, you know, 15 writing fan fiction or whatever. That's how they developed their skills. So, yeah. you know, however you have to get there is good. But like at a certain point, make sure you kick yourself out of the nest and write your own shit because you never thing. know. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing with with comic artists too. You know, they end up yeah. emulating someone that they really enjoyed reading, or you know, yeah. who's, whoever's artwork they enjoyed looking at, and they're like, oh, I can draw like this, and you know, I'm going to do better than Liefeld because I'm going to draw mm-hmm. a foot. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and Captain America's not going to have a chest three times the size of a normal man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that. But I don't know, like. Unless you're a superstar comic writer like a, a Mark Millar, I think he's probably the one of the few that aren't going through some type of weird allegations right now, so I'll stop the list right there. <laughs> yeah. um, unless you're somebody like him, you you are going to be painting by numbers until you get to the next big crossover event. Yeah. Yeah, like, Brian K. Vaughn is one of the few that I can think of that he's just like writing his own things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good example of someone who I think does get into that like world building a little bit. Like he he create, but like the core of his story. If I were to ever write something in that genre, it'd yeah. be like stuff that he does because he doesn't really get lost in all of the world building. Yeah, he just he's makes note of on it. Characters, right? And just moves on. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing about The Walking Dead that worked for a little while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's another good example. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I used to love the hell out of that comic, but, yeah. you know, they kept circling the block, like, oh, shit, what are we going to do next? Uh, I don't know. Right, right. Uh, it's a new band of walkers, and they're called uh, Skinwalkers, and it's just people in, mm-hmm. in masks. Yeah, that's it. Right. So, I don't know. I don't is know. Is that TV just, show still on? It is. Wow. <laughs> who knows when they'll start production again, because, you know, Georgia well, is fucking Georgia right now, but... Who yeah, knows? Production yeah. is messed up everywhere. So yeah, yeah. Um, I know that the boys is going to be coming back pretty soon, which was a surprisingly uh, yeah. good show. Yeah, that show was great. Yeah, yeah, it that's coming back in dark, September. But it was great. Yeah, I I feel like that's um, one of the well, it's becoming more frequent uh, lately. It's one of those instances where the the show learned from the book what worked and what didn't, and it improved mm-hmm. upon it. So yeah, I actually enjoyed that a lot more than I enjoyed the comic. Yeah, agreed. I tried reading the comic. I didn't like it. It's dirty. It's gross. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it just looks yeah. gross, too. Like, <laughs> the artwork looks disgusting. It does. He really Isn't knows Garth how to... Ennis or whatever? Um, did Garth Ennis write it? No, Garth Ennis is a writer. A writer, I know. But, um, it's like Derek something or other. But like, I'm going to look it up. Okay, but Garth Ennis, when you say his like his stuff... Mm-hmm. He has artists that he works with that have that grimy look. So when you think of Garth Ennis, even though he is the writer, like Preacher is grimy as fuck looking too. Yeah. So he he wrote it, but uh, Derek Robertson is the guy okay. that, that illustrates it. Yeah, he's he's got that grimy style for sure. Because Steve Dillon did Preacher, right? That's right. The artist did Preacher. Yeah. yeah, but like that that's just that he picks artists that that have that to it and you're just like Ugh. like i've never been able to read preacher because of it a lot of those guys are holdovers from the old um judge dread books you know and 2000 yeah, ad from sense. the uk yeah, yeah they've they've got like a house style kind of like america had the uh the jack kirby style and just built mm-hmm. off of that for a while they had that weird like and i say weird because it's it's different than what we're used to but yeah, yeah it's just real it's grimy just, you guys need to look it up like look up preacher comic book look up um the boys comic and and just like google image that and you'll see what we're talking about where it's like it's like like scratchy and incomplete kind of thing and like sharp just Mm -hmm. really sharp but i I feel stupid describing like this artwork (laughs) to you guys but like if you see it you'll understand what we're saying there's something dirty about it yeah yeah and it fits his writing really well but it does yeah you're right about that let us know what you would describe it as actually Go ahead yeah, and give us fun. a shout on the on the Twitters, on the social yeah. media, because I'm curious, because I don't know how to describe it either. But yeah, take yeah. a look. Garth, not Garth, well, Garth Ennis books, yeah, but Derek Robertson and uh, Steve Dillon. They did a, um, Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis did a run on Punisher for a while, too. Yes. War, war, war Games? Welcome Back, Frank. No. Yeah. What was, was that the one where he punched the uh, panda, or not panda, polar bear? Oh, I think that might have been after that when they teamed okay. up again. But like the big one. That's the that, one I remember. Okay. But the the one I'm talking about, Welcome Back Frank, was like after a long stint of Punisher being like, they tried to make Punisher work in the modern day. So they gotcha. tried to make him like an avenging angel or something like that that could mm-hmm. manifest guns out of his magical trench coat. And it was just a whole thing. But when they wanted to get him back down to brass tacks, they went to the guys that did Preacher. They're like, right. please. Yeah, make this dirty. And they did. <laughs> oh, sounds so gross. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading some of Punisher 
and not liking it. Like, Punisher is not my favorite overall. I don't trust people that say Punisher is their favorite most of the time. I mean, if if someone's wearing a Punisher shirt... That's a red flag. Yeah, it is a red flag, man. That's a deal breaker. It is. And it's weird because I remember liking that crappy Punisher movie. Yeah. It came well, out in like 2004 or whatever. It had a good soundtrack. That's what it I It had really a great soundtrack. Oh my God. That it soundtrack had like was so good. It. That was good. That Finger Eleven song, Slow Chemical. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good, man. That was a really good soundtrack. So, like, I remember liking that mm-hmm. and then kind of being like, I liked The Punisher, but like, I didn't like The Punisher. I just liked bits of that movie. Yeah. And then when that new Punisher show came out, I remember watching Daredevil. I think I've talked about this, but, like, I couldn't stomach the Punisher scenes in Daredevil. Everyone was freaking out about it, and I was like, this is too much. I can't deal with it. I was talking to my buddy Kelsey about that earlier this week, too. Like, when there's a show where the the team is set, but then this loose cannon comes comes from from the other side, it makes me nervous sometimes just watching shit like that. Because I want everything to go well. But it never goes well because it wouldn't be a TV show if it did. Oh, my God. I saw someone tweeting about, and I can't remember who it was, but she was saying, like, I love rules. And all of you guys not wearing masks right now, being a bunch of fucking rule breakers and knowing that it could it could still come for me because you're all being rule breakers is really disappointing or, or something along those lines. It's the same thing where you're like, you're breaking the rules. Like, <laughs> we have to show this show is the show. This right. group is the group. And, and you're coming. And some people love that and love the chaos. But, like, if you're on that lawful side, which I definitely am. You you get kind of like what the fuck, dude? Right. What are right. you doing here? There are shows that you know they call it jumping the shark or whatever when they try to add yeah. a new aspect into a show, but to me that doesn't even really scratch the surface of what the problem is there. It's like you're used to a certain flow, you're used to a rhythm on a certain show that you enjoy. Um, you know the the early weed and stuff comes to mind, the Buffy and Angel stuff. Yeah. Like there was always just some type of like character that came out of left field and it's like you know that status quo that you like so much fuck that that's not a thing anymore the whole detective agency aspect that's going away so your favorite show that you used to just be able to bite into like a warm comfortable brownie or cookie nope no more i think they get bored i think so too yeah that makes sense but it doesn't bore me like next generation was so good at using that rhythm, at using that uh, that uniform, you know, pardon the pun, uh, in order to to build stories around. Yeah, it's think, like you you didn't need the whole like dynamic to change and everything shake up. It was like, all right, this is what it is. People get promoted, people leave, people come back. But- yeah, I think one of the few ones that pulled it off was Fringe, because mm. that what that show did was just keep evolving. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of what you're describing. Like, what's one that really bothered me? Where I like, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of out because <laughs> they I changed mean, <laughs> Westworld. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect example right there. I was gonna say when Buffy graduated from high school, but I feel like that's an even better example. That's a that- tough one because any show that transitions from high school, high school to college is rough. Uh, you're living that- on borrowed time. Yeah. Right, so that's why One Tree Hill, um, they did a time jump. They jumped five oh. years into the future. 
Okay. So they, they rebooted the show in that sense. Um, but they were actually out of high school longer on that show than they were in high school. The mm. show ran for nine years. Four years was in high school, and then yeah. five years was outside of high school. So it actually ran longer after doing that, okay. um, which is crazy rare. But, yeah, I mean, it's t- – and, and if you watch the show, it, it was a different show. Like, it felt different in tone, and you were kind of either into it or you never watched it again. Some people never watched it again. Lots of people suck with it. So it, it's hard to – it's hard to make changes like that. I understand it when it's like a high school show because yeah. your actors are getting older. You have to eventually deal with that. But man, when it's like a standard show mm-hmm. and you're just deciding to change it because fuck it. Archer kind of did that. Oh yeah. But I feel like that like, was by necessity though. Just because of the whole ISIS thing, you know? No, because they, it was before the ISIS thing. Wasn't it? Like, didn't they start changing it up before that? I they could have just changed the name of the agencies. They were doing, like, one at one season was in space. They were completely different characters. So you're counting from that. I'm counting from, like, when ISIS disbanded and they had to go and, like, open up a, uh, a detective agency. I think that's when they – but I, I don't think they did that because of the ISIS part, right? I believe so, because one Maybe. of the sight gags on that episode was them rolling out – like the ISIS, uh, you know, uh, True. sign yeah. f- uh, behind everybody and never mention it by name. They just kept on rolling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Okay. So, I mean, I, to be fair, I did like that. I like that yeah. they, they tried to like change it up a little bit in those early days. Like, um, you know, Coke addled Pam. That was great. She was hilarious <laughs> that season. But Ooh, I have one. I have, a, I have one that I just thought of. Okay. Did you like, when Mad Men made their transition to the new hmm. office, because that was, I, I think they did a really good job with it, but yeah. like that shook shit up. And when I watched it, it took me a couple episodes. I was like, I don't, what is this? This office is different. I Even liked changing it. the location freaked me out, which just yeah. goes to show how much of a fucking like weirdo that I am. <laughs> like, now see, I give those period pieces more of a pass because I know that they have to get through certain things that happened in a decade, like you knew they were going to have to talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis. You knew that uh, Beatlemania was going to happen. You knew that, you know, uh, all these different wars and and conflicts in Vietnam and all that, that was going to take place because of the period they were in. But yeah, it's, I don't know, it worked for Mad Men. It just worked for them. It did. They did a really good job of weaving history and changes into that show and not making it feel super jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even when they did, like I said, when they did that, it wasn't the it wasn't like a problem for me. It was just like a, it took me a minute. Yeah, it worked actually. Now that I think about it, it worked for um, Orange is the New Black as well, because there came a point in that show where I thought to myself, OK, if they keep on concentrating on Piper when they have all these rich characters and actresses right. just twiddling their thumbs slightly off screen. I'm not going to watch this show anymore. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with that. But I will say that I have not been able to go back and watch that show after they did the whole riot season. Yeah. They changed the they or I watched like an episode or two where they're in the maximum security or whatever. And I'm like, you broke the show. Yeah. Weeds, That's understandable. When, when weeds, when they left the neighborhood, which was the whole fucking show. Oh, that didn't like, work. That yeah, did not I, I work. was I was like, I'm out. I'm done. This is it. 
Like, yeah. I never watch any more of it. Yeah, we're past spoiler territory with weeds. When she became, yeah. like, the boss of a Mexican drug cartel, I'm like, all right. No, but, yeah, the whole point of this was was that she's just a suburban mom dealing weed. Like, mm-hmm. that's the show. In this, And, like, they have the neighborhood. Like, that's yeah. it. That's the show. Why are you breaking your show? It was almost like they broke it when they changed the theme song, too. They did. Like, yeah. they knew. Like, all right, that show's over. Uh, let's have some fun now. This is jazz. Let's do this. Smallville did a good job transitioning. Smallville, yeah. Because I remember I remember when they got, like, a new intro. They kept the mm. song, but they got a new intro. And there yeah. was even, like, it, they kind of viewed it as, like, okay, season one through four was Smallville. This is, like, Metropolis now. That was that was a super trippy thing that happened. They had to get they had to get creative with Smallville yeah. uh, in a in a very distinct way, because it was battling the years of continuity that well, people wanted them to hit, and the fact that they aged out of high school and it just yeah. wouldn't make sense for him to just sit at home on the farm and just twiddle his thumbs. There's yeah. that twiddling thumbs thing again. I do that a lot apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like the choices they made. There was, there were a few episodes in there where he was like just being a dick that I didn't quite get with, you know, whether it be because of Red Kryptonite or just him being indecisive about his life choices. Um, but they did ultimately stick the landing when he got to the Daily Planet. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I would argue that the things that people complain about Superman being like the moral compass that he is and everything like that, that show humanized all of those features for him. Yeah. yeah. So they explained why and how he became that person. So the the thing that people are like, and I'm not saying you're not like this, but like the thing where they're like, oh, he's just a Boy Scout or whatever. I'm like, they're literally showing you how he became that way. Right. <laughs> and how he had to fight. I also love the idea of your dad is evil. Your Your race is evil. Like, that was, I don't know if that was, did that exist before Smallville? This I think idea certain, of he was sent to rule? Certain versions of the story leaned towards that interpretation yeah. of it. But for the most part, it was always, oh, yeah, everybody's cool. You know, right. everybody was and great. I, I just thought that was fascinating. That It's like, this is your destiny. You have to do this. And he's like, no, like, I'm going <laughs> to fight you. Because that's not my destiny, because I don't want to be that person, because I, I was sent to these nice people. So it, I'm the yeah. most powerful person that will ever walk on this earth, but I don't want to be that way. You know, people give the Batman 66 series a hard time for making Batman campy for so long, and them having to dig their way out of that hole uh, that seemingly took until 1989 for them to fully shake it, right. and for Batman to become cool again or whatever but that richard donner movie man it did a lot to damage the superman mythos just because people saw that movie and all of a sudden that was like the bible to them not remembering the years of the comic that superman there's literally a website well there used to be a blog i think it's just called superman is a dick (laughs) yeah but that's what was so beautiful about the (laughs) donner movie it was that it was that well done yeah, I mean it was it was a touchstone of, of yeah. movie making uh, history. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, definitely. I mean we can't we can't put it on a pedestal and say it didn't have problems. I mean him throwing the giant cellophane S shield 
at, that at was the bad Superman guys. Superman too. That after. was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but that was the that was like the when they brought in that other director because Richard Donner quit. Do we uh, release the Donner cut? Oh, wait, they did that already. They did, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was like several years ago. Yeah, yeah. But okay, then turning the world back in time by flying around the other direction. Mm-hmm. Like shit like that. Like, yeah. that's not, no. And the, and the forgetful kiss? No, man. That, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm, no, I know. I know, I know. I. But it's like people saw that and that was just the image burned in their mind of like, this is what but, Superman is. You know? Right. And, the, and then Smallville, people were like, he's a whiny, like, I'm like, this is like really good drama and character development. Yeah. That's, except the, be- for that like, time that's that his, the best part. <laughs> except for that time his best friend left and never was talked about ever again. Oh, but yeah. besides that, everything else. Is okay. Yeah. The, it is really um, fascinating though, how many people are like, this story's not good enough. And then when like they get like when they get a really good story, they're yeah. like there weren't enough punchy moments. <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck you want. He's supposed to be about America. No, the fuck he's not. He happened to land in America. <laughs> yeah. There's a really good bit circling back to Kill Bill. There's a really mm-hmm. good bit where David Carradine is talking about what Superman means to him and. It, of course, it's just Quentin Tarantino just riffing, you know, but just him him describing the difference between Superman and Clark Kent, how, you know, you always hear that adage of, OK, Batman is the person and the mask is Bruce Wayne. Well, he flipped that. And he's like, Superman is. Yeah. is the actual person yeah. and Clark Kent is the mask, you yeah. know. So I thought that was kind of cool because he, he explained like that bumbling fool that you see that just like idiot that he portrays as Clark Kent. That's how this alien views mankind. That's how he's trying to blend in. Right. Have you ever seen the, like, I mean, you've seen the Superman movie, but like, I think there was a gif going around or whatever. And it showed how Christopher Reeve, um, he, how he like literally changed his, his movement and his body. And like, he looked like a different man. Oh yeah. In like a split second. He mm-hmm. he changed into Superman in the Clark Kent outfit, yeah, and it was weird, like how <laughs> well it was done. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. I just do agree the job with that, that though. Did. That like the Clark Kent. I mean, I don't think it goes with the mythos of Smallville necessarily, right. but right. I do think that that is an interesting way to look at it. And as as Smallville developed, they were definitely like, here, wear these glasses, like pretend you're this, this, and that, like. You know, you kind of have to hide who you really are. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you put on the suit, that's when you become who you really are. Well, it's something that Grant Morrison circled back to uh, in in his all-star Superman run, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just like as Clark, he had like a mean hunch to the point where he was almost an entirely different height as Clark Kent and Superman. Yep. Have you read that like whole thing? Have you read all-star Superman? Yeah. Yeah, I I, Several, I, several years back. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a neat little interpretation of the mythos. I don't like that artwork, that artist. Again, it's that it's one of those guys who came off of uh, 2000 AD. Yep. I, I don't I don't like that style of art, man. So I Frank. really struggle with books that are like that. But I, I you know, I, I liked the story. I did. Yeah. It's Frank just, Quietly. It's tough when I, yeah, Frank Quietly. Yeah. He draws it, some hard looking women. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of his people look just so fucked up and weird, and mm. it freaks. It, it, it's just kind of creepy to me. So I I struggle when I don't like the artwork, but I still enjoyed the story. Um, Superman for All Seasons is really good. Oh yeah, that was good too. That was Jeff Loeb, I believe. Yes, it was Jeff yeah. Loeb. Yeah. Uh, Superman Birthright is really good as well. That's an origin story. That's Birthright was really good. Um, but that art to me, that kind of got under my skin. Oh, I liked his art. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just seems so. It had too many lines in it. Like, I don't know how it's else like to anime or something. It was a little too yeah, and it was super shiny with the coloring. Mm-hmm. It was like the mix of. Uh, I think it more had to do with the colorist than anything. Lino Francis Yu, he yeah, does yeah. a lot of work for Marvel usually. Yeah, he definitely loves his lines. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah, it, it seems like especially like in, in the faces, he puts more lines than necessary, mm-hmm. and it distracts me. I'm not gonna say, oh god, it's ugly. I can't read it. It's just it's very distracting. Gotcha. <laughs> I think I liked it in the. I actually have it right here. I'm gonna look at it. It fell on my foot the other day. Tim, so, Tim yeah. Sale was the one who did uh, Superman, right? As well, because yeah. he, he yeah. did. They did Long Halloween together, and then they did that Superman book. Him and Jeff Loeb did a few comics together um, during that time, where yeah, they would bounce back and forth between DC and Marvel, but they would always do like these long um, stories that would almost like span at least a year for these characters. So and I thought I, that was interesting. I think that the thing that's I so I do like this artwork, but I totally see what you're saying. I think that the colorist of this book, Gary Allen Gillian, I don't know how do you pronounce his name, but of Superman Birthright, is mm-hmm. what really sells it because it's just bright and like I just like how bright I think a Superman book should be really bright. Yeah, I think so too. Color is I think more important in Superman books than any other book for me. Man. (laughs) It's not that it's not important in other books, but like if you don't get the coloring right in Superman, it's just kind of fucked up. That's what bothered me about the Man of Steel movie. It was so dark. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what they were trying to do, and that's kind of Snyder's whole thing anyway. But yeah, yeah, it didn't quite work 100%. I got used to it, but it didn't, you know, it didn't strike me immediately. Superman should be now in Batman versus Superman, them going darker like that to kind of have the dichotomy visually, I think Mm -hmm. is important, but Superman should be, should be a brighter movie. It should be a more colorful show. Like going back to Smallville, if you watch Smallville, they always had Clark dressed in his colors in Superman, in the primary colors. Um, and Lex Luthor is always dressed in darker charcoal, purple, like these darker tones. So they they used color like comic books to, to show these two characters being opposite sides. So, like, I just really like things like that, particularly with Superman. I like that thought being put into it. I do, too. And, you know, we, we go back to this all the time. I'm disappointed that we never got to see just another standalone Superman movie after Man of Steel. I because think I still think we'll get one. Henry Cavill is so good yeah. at being Superman and he just deserves a spotlight. Not a not a, you know, cast of everybody gets a minute or two to do their thing. Mm-hmm. I just want Henry Cavill 
as I'm sure a lot of people around the world are saying today, because there's we'll get back to that. But uh, <laughs> I want him to have his moment. You know, I, I want him to be the yeah. star. But uh, Henry Cavill today was trending on Twitter because apparently he's using this quarantine time to build a gaming PC and decided to film himself doing so in a tank top with a really big shaggy beard. And <laughs> people, to to paraphrase Tracy Morgan, everybody's just getting pregnant. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's definitely maintaining his physique in quarantine. He's just waiting on that call. He's a, mm-hmm. I remember when people well, kept do, asking him. He's going to be him, Witcher, too, at some point. So That's true, yeah. So he's yeah. got to be big for, for Geralt. Of, yeah. of Rivia. But I remember when they asked him if he would ever reprise his role as Superman, he was like, I got the suit in my closet. Just give me a call. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's still contracted for at least one more, too. Yeah, they signed him to a new contract recently. Actually, yeah. they, he they're going to bring him it. back. They wanted to, like, just fucking make it already. It works. Yeah. And Amy yeah. Adams and him, so good. Such chemistry. Yeah. Very good. good. Yeah. So. I'm sure we'll be seeing that. Have so. they? Oh, yeah, they have. Ugh. I was going to say, have they had Lex Luthor in the movie? Because I literally blocked out oh, that Eisenberg yeah. was in. They should just recast him. Crisis. That never happened. Yeah, okay. seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's great because they could they could use Crisis to explain away so much bullshit. In these movies, I, you know, they don't. They don't need to even have a universe. I don't give a shit. Just give me good movies. Yeah, but I'm saying if they want to say that Jesse Eisenberg was never Lex Luthor, oh, you look different. Oh yeah, yeah that thing that happened in the universe and everything got shaken up. That's why. Okay, cool. I'm with it. I'm with you. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just cast someone new. I mean, I'm right. excited for that Superman show too. The post oh, yeah. show. I forgot that was happening. I'm, I'm glad it's still happening. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be delayed even more, but it's next next year was when it's supposed to start, I believe. Man, shout out to Stargirl for just holding down the fort right now. I mean. That's about all we're going to get for a while. That's that's all they got. And, you know, it's, it's not by design. It's because of what's going on. Yeah. They couldn't film these other shows in time, but Stargirl has been, like, just showing out every week. I don't know if I've expressed this to you previously, I really enjoy. Oh, okay. So not on here, but uh-uh. I really enjoy that show. I think it's great. I was never a big fan of Star and Stripe, the comic book, or Justice Society. Yeah. Even when Jeff Johns was writing it, I never really got into it. Yeah, but never this really is, it. This is fresh, man. This is really good. Like, oh, that's um, cool. yeah, Luke Wilson actually is playing ball. Like, he's not better than it. So that's kind of cool to see. I was fascinated by that. Now I'm glad because I like him. Like I just like him as an actor, so I, I'm, you know, I'd like to see him and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's just him being a, a, a big name as he is. It's almost like you're kind of counting down to how soon he's gonna just die off. You know, that's yeah. the only downside to it. Like, he's yeah, not he's, as big of a name as he used to be. I guess not. And if we had, well, you know, may he rest mm-hmm. in peace. We had Luke Perry on Riverdale. Like, yeah. You know, I could see Just him doing that. I'm, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. If so, they're, you know, if they're paying you, it's like a consistent job. I don't know if he's got kids and shit. Like, sometimes that can factor in because they can be around. Like, I got kids. I need this job. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's that they're they're not, you know, gone for three months. That it, like if they can work in L.A. or Vancouver or whatever, it's like, oh, I can be around my kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep, exactly. Don't have to uproot, nothing like that. Yeah. But the uh, the young lady that plays Stargirl, Breck Bassinger, she's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like she's got a she's got a big future ahead of her. That's so. cool. Yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there for you. And plus what's good about waiting you get to bank episodes and just, you know, marathon. Are they it. gonna put it on like HBO or something like that? It is currently simul streaming on the CW and mm-hmm. on the uh the D C universe app. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's not long for this world. I but can't DC, imagine it. Isn't the DC Universe all on HBO now? No, just select shows. So mm-hmm. right now, it's just Doom Patrol. They're okay. going to move Harley over. They announced that recently. But it's still going to air on both services. <laughs> just put it all on HBO. Jesus. Come on. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Every Like, you'll get more people on the HBO app. Exactly. Because there's other stuff. Yeah. People are people are bemoaning the fact that it might go away because they're like, well, what about the comic books? I don't really see the value of the DC books being available to read on your television screen. And if you are reading it through your phone or something, Comixology also has DC uh, books. So I mean, unless they, can they have more... You just do a separate Marvel Unlimited style and you don't have to worry about it. Like, exactly. Just go subscribe to that. Charge a couple bucks less, move everything yeah. over to HBO. Everybody wins. You know, you'll get more su- subscribers that way. I'll sign up. Yeah. I like DC books. I don't know. That's just me. So, yeah. anywho. More sense as well. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing I'm watching. I also started watching, because, you know, we talked about reality shows and how they all pretty mm-hmm. much suck across the board. This one sucks too, but less. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Ink Crew Chicago. It's about a tattoo parlor. Uh, <laughs> called Nine Mag here in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, and all the goings on of all the artists that work there. And what's cool about it, and probably one reason why I don't <laughs> think it sucks, is, you know, it's in Chicago, and I got my tattoo done at Nine Mag, <laughs> my Black Panther tattoo. So, oh, okay. I was like, oh, cool. It's like, you know, kind of peeking behind the curtain about all the people who were there when I was getting my work done. You're like, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I sat on that couch, you know. <laughs> oh my god! I got pissed off because they wouldn't stop showing Chris Brown videos. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, you know, um, yeah, it's just an interesting show because it's like, all right, there's a lot of drama, of course, but one thing that the production team does and does well is that when the characters go out, or the characters. When the people on this show go out to talk and eat and stuff like that, they are always in a black-owned establishment. And oh, I, that's really I, cool. I recognize this because they, they make it a point to show you who's working behind the counter and everything like that. And just the spots they're going to, I'm familiar with. Like, uh, there's a coffee house that I like to visit um, from time to time in Hyde Park, which is kind of on the south side, uh, called uh, Sip and Saver. And... It's just a beautiful shop. It's got a great vibe to it. And usually when they're drinking coffee, they're in there. So I'm like, okay, let's see where else they go. Um, so that's kind of, it's kind of cool just to connect the dots like that watching the show. Yeah, I can understand the appeal of that if you know the area. Right. I mean, there's just some bootleg shit that happens on the show. Like they get in some petty arguments, but it's not me. So it's entertaining. It's a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. They're not, you know, damaging the world like the Kardashians are, so I don't feel as bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Kanye's oh. not running, though. 
That's right. Breaking news. Kanye dropped out of the race. Like, we didn't do that for him already. Well, he couldn't get on the fucking ballot. Hmm. <laughs> he couldn't. Like, he, he couldn't. couldn't qualify. No. He was trying. Like, he... I don't think he realized that you can't just declare it like we talked about. You can't just say I'm on like I'm I'm running for president. He pulled a Michael um, Scott. I declare presidency. Yeah, that's I not think how I it told works. That joke but yeah, yeah, we okay. we made the exact same joke last week. But you know what's quarantine? <laughs> fuck it, start over. Um, <laughs> twenty twenty. Fuck it, start over. Yeah, that's it. So, that's it. So yeah, he can't just get on the ballot. Like that's not how it works. So yeah, right. his his presidency was ill thought out. Who would have thunk it, huh? Doomed, doomed. I tell you, it's yeah. a conspiracy. One bad thing that that happened in the wake of that though is that his friend, also from Chicago, understandably oh, a big fan of his, yeah. stuck his neck out for him. It was ill advised. That was stupid. It and was. I love Chance the Rapper. Like I, I love Chance great, too. Dude. But he does yeah. a lot of great things for the community. He donates time and money to the Chicago public schools. And he's all about education. He's all about positivity. But, man, he made a bad choice back in Kanye. Yeah, he really did. Man, oh, and man. He just he, kept digging. And then it wasn't until Terry Crews agreed with him that he was like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. Right, right, right. He, he made it a point to say, I do not condone yeah. the support of Terry Crews. Yeah. And then Terry Crews tried to distance himself like, oh, I didn't co-sign you anyway. It's like, yes, you did. We have the receipts. Yeah, yeah this is, oh my God, that was so dumb. Right, right. I want to say more good things messaged, about Chance. I messaged you about it and like it was already over by the time that like you could get back to me. I was like, what I, the fuck? I saw it happen in real time and I normally yeah. don't, I normally don't engage I, I in this type of Twitter shit. Yeah. I, I, like, added him, like, dude, I love you. Please stop. Don't do this. Not mm-hmm. for Kanye. You know? So Chance Chance is an inspiration to many, not even only in Chicago, but just because he's self-made. He plays right. by his own rules. He gets shit done. He makes good music. I love Chance the Rapper. Legit. Yeah. And I want to see him succeed. And his brother. Who looks just like him, and he popped up on Legendary on HBO. That was wow, that's cool. racist. <laughs> that's racist. No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we did feel bad. We felt slightly bad for a second before we realized it was his brother. It's like, hey, he looks just like Chance the Rapper, and it's like we don't all look the same. And it's like just me and D. I'm the other black like, guy. Our, are we racist? Do I look like Chance the Rapper? <laughs> you do not look like Chance the Rapper. Okay. Well, we can't all be that lucky. But yes, Chance Chance is a cool dude. He's got a great vibe. I hope he keeps going. I hope that he learns from this, and he seems to have. So, shout out to Chance the Rapper. Oh, my God. Shout out to Eric Crosby. He started an Instagram account for his T-shirts that he finds in the wild. Oh, yeah. What did he call it again? Something about t-shirts. We're going to link to it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Go follow Turtle Soup Show and he'll post about it. There you go. Shout out to Turtle Soup. Yeah. (laughs) Thrift Tea Finds. Thrift Tea Finds. Thrift Tea Finds. It is funny as hell. Oh, my God. It really is. Yeah. You'd never believe the amount of 
aggressively Christian t-shirts there are in thrift shops. Oh, yeah. We have been, Eric and I have texted that kind of stuff to each other for years (laughs) because we love it. We love that stuff. Puns, all of it. So, yeah. I I have had so many instances where I'm like, I have to pull over (laughs) to take a picture or whatever and send this to Eric. So. Yeah. Oh, we can we can actually do this now. Um, shout out to Art of a Lonely Potato. Now that everybody's gotten oh, yeah. their their cool artwork. So what ended up happening was um, one of our friends, a uh, friend of the podcast, Art of a Lonely Potato, she started this amazing uh, fundraiser uh, when she offered to do custom Bob's Burgers artwork. Uh, for anyone who donated a certain amount to a charity that she listed, uh, you know, just stuff like Black Lives Matter and that sort of thing. And right. a lot of folks got involved. A lot of people chipped in. She raised some money. And, you know, it's just so cool to see that. But her artwork is so good, y'all. Let me tell you. Not only does she, like, perfectly emulate the Bob's Burgers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, aesthetic. She also has her own style, which is phenomenal. So go yeah. follow her on Instagram, Art of a Lonely Potato. And if you're wondering about the name, there is a comic that explains the name, and it is fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to see that, too. Yeah. Yeah, go follow her. You also got a new Instagram as well. Did I? You got a Resnaculous Instagram. You would think that I already had that since I've been using that phrase for so long, but no. I was very disturbed that you didn't have that already. Just from a branding <laughs> perspective, I'm like, bitch, that's a risky <laughs> game that you're playing, not having that. Right. Somebody's going to park on that and just like capitalize on it. But no. Because yeah, it's there's a some weird... YouTubers with our names out there that are bigger than us. Guess what? We got the name. <laughs> Fuck you. I love it. I love you it. You got to hit just that like... underscore. It's thumbing our nose at them. It's Lex and Matt. They're an adorable, just lily white couple <laughs> that got married and wants to share their love with the world. The straights. And you know what? The straights. And we stole from them. We stole their name. We existed before them. You're damn right we did. So they got a bow at the altar that is Lex and Matt's excellent adventure. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I don't know why we're so aggressive. I don't know either. I was like, shit, I need to. Coffee and quarantine. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have to stop drinking coffee. I can't sleep right. I'm really fucked up right now. (laughs) Oh, man. Emotionally, physically. It's all bad. It's all bad, y'all. And you know what? There's no end in sight. And you know what? That's part. That's okay. That's all right. That's really not, but yeah. It's got to be. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be okay. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I have on the closed captions because I had to, like, install this new version of Skype. Mm-hmm. It has been hilariously wrong all night. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's just been just so off. Like, sometimes it just gives up. It's like, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Loud. <laughs> it's like... When you're watching something on TV with captions and it just says, speaking foreign language, instead of trying yep. to translate. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much. Garbled voices. <laughs> it misspelled garbled. That's just, all right. Yeah. yeah. This is giving up now. Um, do we want to do, nah, nah. We'll save that <laughs> for next time. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. Lego NES. Oh, yeah. You're excited about that. I am so excited about this. So, 
Um, earlier this week, it was rumored that a, a new Nintendo project was coming mm-hmm. uh, from the, the fine people at LEGO. And as it turns out, it wasn't just another Mario set that looks like it was made for the little, little kids. Mm-hmm. This is a replica NES from the 80s that not only <laughs> comes with the controller and everything like that, it comes with a full CRTV for you to build. This set is like 2,600 yeah. pieces. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. But the coolest feature of all, when you put the cartridge in, there's a little... You don't even have to put the cartridge in. That's just for the aesthetic. But there's a little crank on the side of the TV. You can make Mario go through World 1-1 on the screen. Yep. It's like a little like you know Nickelodeon type of thing where it's rolling. Not the channel, the actual the, Yeah, the, the original Nickelodeons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something I'm looking forward to building. When it does comes that come out, out? Oh. it comes out in August, but they haven't even opened pre-orders yet. You know the thing is going to sell out right away. Yeah, you need to get like an alarm or something. Oh, it's on the wish list. And mm. I check every morning. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know what? That's it's actually going to be too rich for my blood. It's retailing at like $230. Uh, just so, buy the fucking set. Jesus. Look here. We got a PlayStation 5 coming soon. Oh, that's true. Don't know how much. Don't know when. It's like a thief in the night. It's like the devil. That's true. I mean, Stealing I yeah, my prioritize that one, but <laughs> yeah, still. So you even got kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> either either a fake gaming console or a real one. Oh. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. And that's our cue. That bitch does not shut... She did it this last week, too. She did, but now she's telling us it's time to wrap up the show, so I think we should take that that in. Very creepy. All right, folks. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, This is Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. You know, we're going to be like those comic books that put the title at the end of the book now. So that's what we're doing this year. This is our new aesthetic. Um, I'm Matt Peters. I'm Lex Lutz. It's your turn. Is it? I we'll never remember. Yes. Be excellent to each other, everyone. Wear yeah. a fucking mask. Just wear the mask. <laughs> God damn it. We need this to be over. Wear a mask. Please. 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 Vaccine? Yeah? Hmm? Oh? Oh? Maybe. Yeah. Please. <laughs> oh.